looks at Hallsmer, he looks at me. And we're in his GMC motorhome. Gentlemen, you guys can do it. Every lap has to be a qualifier. Now at the starting line, it's the Racing Year Podcast. Welcome to the Racing Year Podcast. I'm your host, Trent Barr. Uh, today is a special day. Today is actually the 12 Hours of Sebring is happening right now as we speak. Um, today is uh, and also uh, a memorable day because we, we, we got a pair of old friends on the line here. We got Rick Noop and we got Joe Catrone with us. Gentlemen, good morning. How's it going? <laughs> hey, good morning, Trent. Good morning, Rick. All good here. Just... Uh... Nice day out here in Arizona, and uh, looking forward to chatting with you. Yeah, that's cool. Well, yeah, hi, uh, Rick. Rick Noop, everything's fine here as well. And uh, this is a special episode. Joe's father was very prominent in the uh, West Coast, specifically uh, Sports Car Club of America, and as well as my dad was from the Northern um, Region. So yes. this is sort of in tune and your father with his extensive solo one and autocrossing. So we've got father and son is a common denominator on today's podcast. Yes, sir. Well, to, you know, first of all, um, we sort of spoke a little bit earlier about Joe and where you're from and, and you sort of, and Joe, um, you sort of, uh, you're from Southern California. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. I was born and raised and, uh, in Southern California, actually born in Los Angeles and, uh, real early years was in Pomona and then down in, uh, Southern South Orange County, Newport beach, Dana point, uh, Valeria Laguna beach. And, yeah. And, uh, spent the majority of my life there. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, another cool thing about that is that I remember you mentioning that you spent some time in Pomona, California, and that actually is where, the uh, the Pomona Fairplex is, and they used to have SCCA races in the in the in the, on the grounds at that at that facility. And your father was sort of instrumental in that developing, right? Yes, yeah. Back in uh, 1956, they uh, I, matter of fact, as a as a young boy of five years old, I, I spent my time there. They were uh, built. Uh, they had the drag strip, and then they. Uh, built a road course incorporating the drag strip uh, around the, the big parking lot at the fairplex there. Right. And uh, my father was part of, part of, uh, you know, instrumental in getting that going and uh, helped lay it out. And uh, the very first re- race weekend was in June of uh, 1956. My mom was a race queen and yeah. my dad ran a XK 120 there. That is amazing. That is amazing. So, Rick, uh, how did you and Joe meet, and how did that all develop? Well, I, um, you know, I'm a second generation racer as well, you guys, and which, yeah. which both you know, but the uh, the audience doesn't really under, you know, are aware of that. That so I I grew up kind of in the same sort of uh, household. My dad, uh, yeah, uh, his was racing in Austin Healy. 
100S and actually ran the last Pebble Beach race in 56. And Joe just mentioned 1956 and then opened up Laguna Seca in November of 57 in a seven-bodied V8. So I grew up with scrapbooks and uh, go-karts and uh, on a ranch operating equipment at a young age. And uh, Joe and I, uh, we were in, I, I was involved in the early 80s and I was starting to do some factory involvement with Mazda and Toyota. And Joe was kind of the, the next town over in, in Newport. I was in Laguna Beach with Jim Busby Racing. And also I was importing gray market cars at the time while driving for the Toyota factory. So it was inevitable we were going to find each other and we struck a friendship up. And um, most recently, the three of us on the broadcast right now, we're, we're up at Sears Point um, in that eight-hour race. So, Oh, yeah. I think once you have this sort of passion and love for this, and if you start adding the ears up, or excuse me, the years yeah. of us on the phone right now, we have a pretty substantial uh, uh, commitment, but more than anything else, a passion for racing and more explicitly road racing. Yeah, I just got to say that that lucky dog eight-hour Saturday that we all shared together was, uh, was was so fun, and it was such a great experience for me because I'd never been a part of any kind of pit guru crew before, and I was like a volunteer. I just came over to see Rick, and I eventually – I was like moving the water bottle across the line and filling up the <laughs> water bottle, and, and, and then I got a pair of headphones on, and I went up to turn two, and I became a spotter for Rick during his stint – and oh my God, that was such an amazing experience for me because I, you know, I have no clue what, what it's like to be part of a race team, but it was so cool getting to know um, uh, the, the gentleman, the other gentleman that was driving uh, the car Lenny. escapes me right now. Lenny. Yes, yes, Lenny. So I got to send a shout out to him and it was great meeting him and talking to him and getting to know all you guys. It was just a great experience. Well, yes, you know, fun time. Uh, the funny thing, if I just interject this, because this just went through my mind, you know, when um, uh, Joe Joe calls me up, and I didn't know whether he was in town or whether I was out of town, but I hadn't I hadn't talked to Joe for a while. And all of a sudden, he says, "Hey, Noop, you want you want to drive?" And I said, "Well, sure. Let let's get the boys and the band back together." Again. Yeah. And I said, "Who with?" And he said, "Well, I I got a I got a guy named Lenny." Well, yeah. I didn't really have to say, "Well, God, Joe, I I sure hope the guy's all right." Well, this is the first <laughs> time I've co-driven with Joe. Joe's co-driven with me and Lenny, and Lenny never been to Sears Point, and we absolutely ended up almost. And I hope I'm not ahead of myself saying this, but it was like a dream team because we got you on the on the headphones as a spotter, <laughs> water bottle. Yeah, we're down to a bare crew, and crap, we're third overall out of 85 cars. And, I was kind of looking at Joe and said, hey, this guy, Lenny's good, huh? And Joe said, yep. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, I, we weren't really throwing a Hail Mary pass with three seconds to go. Joe, Joe's got a, a good idea of who can combine, and I never even – I said, well, who's Lenny? So, yeah. anyway, <laughs> that's the kind of trust we have in each other. Little did I know we'd be going 140 miles an hour, all three of us together. We hadn't even driven to Denny's 
restaurant together so it was kind of fun <laughs> well that, there's yeah, another part time. of the there's another guy in that crew that we uh, that i forgot the name of and he was like a crew he was the crew sort oh, of leader mike, mike yes, yes and I, mike i didn't want to forget him so everybody right, on the crew yeah. was and then the lady who brought you guys all sandwiches on saturday right so she, she was great yeah crack there that yeah, was a very, great sandwich very nice lady she was married to a very close friend of mine that oh we go back to you know the the 60s surfing and and running boats and oh that's cool. involved in that stuff but uh yeah he had passed away a couple of years ago and actually last year i think it was and oh, okay. so she came out to visit and yeah, it was a great time. That's cool. some great sandwiches, too. Yeah. But yeah, and Lynn, you know, the background, Lenny and I have spent a lot of time driving together, mm-hmm. mostly out here at Indy Motorsports Ranch because he's a member there. My yeah. boss is a member, and we do all our testing out there. So That's cool. I knew Lenny's abilities, and, uh, you know, he spent some time on the sim going over Sears. I, I knew he'd get it, you know, get it real fast, and, uh, you know, it worked out good. We had fun, and... and you know, a few unforeseen circumstances kept us out of a, you know, a great finish, but we still had a good finish there on Saturday. And yeah, it was yeah. a, it was a Porsche 996, correct? With the Dwayne DeMint. 997. 997, yeah. So, yeah, so that car is an ex IMSA Coney Challenge car, oh. 2005 997, that ran the, uh, the Coney Challenge, which you have to start off with a street car. Oh, uh, yeah. Career ass. And uh, so it, it still runs pretty much those specs. Yeah. Got a great Dwayne Vision Motorsports engine. In yes. It, but mild, mild, so we can also run it in Turing 2 and SCCA. So it's, uh, you know, That's you're cool. limited on what you can do. It weighs just over 3,000 pounds. But yeah. uh, a fun car for sure. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, it was great. Hey, um, if we could, why don't we go back a little bit? Um, and uh, I, I mentioned it last week, just the joy it was for Joe and I just commuting from the hotel to the racetrack and going through guys in the Porsche world, the 120 Jag your dad's got. And then and there's an awful um, uh, uh, deep uh, roots, if you will, in, in Southern California and the Porsche. Could you kind of go a little bit? over joe and we've got a mutual friends like uh, johnny von newman and Ginther and all that sure yeah so so my dad you know started out in the xk120 and then uh he actually the first porsche speedster you got to race was ruth levy's and the car had a ton of history a lot of good drivers you know drove that car and uh it was a 56 super so it, it ran an e-production back then and uh the von neumann connection started off um uh, my uncle and my dad uh had all the british line of dealerships i think it was uh, in 1952 somewhere around there von neumann came to my dad and asked him if uh he tried putting some of these little Volkswagens on the lot, <laughs> which, which, which he did. Yes, he took yes. about a half dozen of them. My uncle wasn't happy at all, but then it, uh, obviously, uh, 
turn my uncle into a multimillionaire down the road, you know. Oh wow. <laughs> selling selling VWs and Porsches. So that yeah. that's how um, my dad kind of got involved with the Porsche thing. I grew up with him. Um and then uh my father raced till sixty two. He had uh, uh he had another speedster that he built. Uh, yeah. Uh, fifty eight and then race that and cow club at the time back in those days cow club and scca were split up yeah and then then they got back together so you kind of kind of chose what you know who you raced with and then uh, we'd go i remember that first in, in 57 going to laguna seca as a kid i think it was that first race weekend my dad did oh, in, uh, wow. in the speedster wow. and then uh Obviously, you know, Willow Springs and, and Riverside, yeah. and I was at the very first race weekend at Riverside. Wow. Um, like we talked about before, they raced down at, at Jack Murphy Stadium in the later 60s. My dad didn't race there, but wow. I was involved with that. Uh, before I was old enough to race, I was a corner worker for SCCA. Yeah. Club. And then uh, I started at 15. <clears throat> Uh, the first race I did in was in 66 down in Mexico on a 56 piecer. And uh, wow. so, the, yeah, the Porsche connection's heavy. You know, I grew up with, we used to, you know, hang with Miles when he was driving the Spiders. Uh, yeah. Uh, Ken Miles and, and Scooter Patrick, Jack McAfee. I mean, you know, they were all, that was all the era that my father was racing. Wow. It was a, a pretty tight-knit group back in those days and uh, so it just you know evolved from there wow that's amazing yeah. you know something else i'd like to put with the mcafee's ernie mcafee uh had mm-hmm. timely death at the uh, pebble beach del monte oh, road yeah. races and wow. that's why we eventually close well i say we but my, my my dad was in that race and that was uh the last race pebble beach was they had 30,000 people there which uh alongside of the track and the snow fencing which was something that joe brought up a couple of weeks ago when we were talking yes that's yes. basically um was what they were using uh at squaw valley and up at uh mammoth and stuff that brings the, the same thing that snow fencing then all of a sudden they got to hay bales and um so wow uh, Jack McAfee and Ernie McAfee, even though they're the same last names, Ernie was the one that was killed in the Ferrari, and many people thought it was the strobe light effect uh, of the sun in the afternoon and, and all the pine trees. So mm-hmm. um, so what was going on with Joe's dad and what was going on with my dad was um, those tracks, the, the Willow Springs, the opening of Riverside, uh, uh, the, the, uh, the, the San Diego uh, uh, stadium races. Well, my dad was up here at Vacaville and he was up here at a place, um, uh, Moffett Field, the, the Golden Gate Park. And then all right. the Scramps, Sports Car Racing Association, Monterey Peninsula is mm-hmm. formed because Pebble Beach doesn't want to be known for people getting killed. They want wicker baskets, 120s, yeah. and golf clubs. Yeah. So they very they very they wanted to save sometimes people have a tendency to to remember what accidents and yeah. the bad things in life. So they did a very uh, challenging move and uh, the, the 1.9-mile track called Laguna Seca was bladed with a couple of D9s in a period of about four months. Yeah, wow. So 
that that all of a sudden led to a lot of the races that were started on road circuits, and then they got to what racing specific, and yeah, so right. there was a trio of those. There was Watkins Glen, there was Elkhart Lake. That Joe and I have ended up racing in both, and Laguna Seca because they were losing people. They lost a guy at Elkhart. They lost a guy or or several people at Elkhart on the roads around there. They lost yeah. someone at Watkins Glen, yes, and now yes. they lose Ernie McAfee at Laguna, or, or excuse me, at the 17 mile drive. Yeah, Pebble so, Beach. Yeah. Right. Yeah, wow. yeah. And then the the airport courses. I mean, you know, Santa yeah. Barbara, San Luis Obispo. Uh, yeah. You know, Alton Miramar down there originally before Riverside, that uh, all that Air Force base right next to the track. They ran there. Can't remember the name of it. They but, may have uh, had one at Catania. Yeah. It, you know, they had some uh, wide open, wide open areas there on the airport course. A little rough. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, you know, the cement patches and that. But uh, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, you know, very grateful to be able to grow up and with all that and have the memories yeah that's oh awesome. my god that's awesome well you you talk about the a little rough I, i've done the mobile one 12 hours of sebring probably <laughs> yeah. seven times and well hey that's uh, going on the, right now rick it's going on right now yeah yeah I, I would i i should have won this is one of the should have could have but at night 1984, I'm driving for the Mazda factory's racing beat, and we had a mm. five-lap lead going into the ten-and-a-half hour. And oh. listen to this. The brake rotor, Pete Halsmer and I, that's when we were kind of iron men. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. They didn't have six co-drivers. It was two, two <laughs> drivers for for the Rolex 24 hour. There was yeah. two drivers for the, for the mobile one, but we went out with a broken brake rotor and yeah. then the school bus ended up winning that year. The Wayne Baker car. <laughs> yeah. Right. And enterprises and great guy, but, Wayne. Yeah. Too. yeah and, 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 and with one of, uh, uh, it was, it was just absolutely amazing. And then just one other fast story. Then 1985, I was third overall in the 962 and we were leading that race as well. Wow. And the length of Sebring, I raided into the pits. I said, boys, the, the gaslight just went on. You want me to come in? They said, Snoop, you're leading. Stay out. <laughs> well, it's a long ways. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden it started to miss and I oh. went, Oh no. Oh, so man. I ran out of fuel, almost uh, almost made it back, and uh, Bo Barfield, uh, who is now on the uh, works for IMSA, yeah, at, when he he was a little kid and he was running with a running with me with a five gallon can. So uh, anyway, that's my little two cents yeah. in celebration of today's twelve hour. Oh, that's cool, right? That's, cool. that's uh, yeah, I was I was lucky enough to run some street street circuits when i was young and also older which were were pretty rough some of the tracks we you know the street circuits we ran down in mexico wow um i'll tell you that the i did a 24 hour in mexico city on the formula one track obviously oh before they changed it oh, it was the early 80s and uh i don't know if you know the altitude yeah you know, it's really it's, high it's yeah really high and and we were leading and i i came in for 
what I thought was the end of my stint and a fuel stop. And they said, no, stay out. We're leading the race. Wow. That was before radios and that kind of stuff. You know, we were using pit boards. So I buckled back up. And by the time I was done with that second stint and that altitude, I was in good shape back then. I was probably around 30 years old. And, and uh, <laughs> you know, wow. they, they drug me out of the car. I laid up against the the pit wall on the backside of it and drinking Gatorade until my next stint. You know, it was one of those oh deals where I was like, Oh man. But, uh, yeah, that was fun stuff. And then the early days of IMSA, um, wow. the first, first race I did, uh, actually I did, they had a West coast race in either late 71, early 72 at Las Vegas. But, oh, wow. uh, then from there we went to mid Ohio for the six hour that was in 72. Oh, wow. I remember it was pouring rain. They had so many cars that they had to have a qualifying race. And as many cars started that as that they were going to allow in the race. I think they started 60 cars or something like that. Good Lord. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it two was, and a half miles. Oh, Jeez. You know, when, when John and Peggy started that, it was uh, – people were, were real receptive. You know, it was Good. it was amazing, the car counts. And, wow. Wow. Uh, and then uh, later on, did some of the Champion Spark Plug Challenge stuff a lot. Oh, RX3. you did? Really? Yeah, I just did, you know, an RX3. Matter of fact, Laguna, you know, the old Laguna ran there. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, I did that. Uh, I think that was in 79. Oh, my gosh. And, uh, wow. Yeah. So, but, you know, it's, and it was fun getting to race some of the tracks my dad ran at. I actually got to run Pomona. Mm. The first time I ran Pomona was an enduro cart, and ah. uh, I was running for a, a team Yamaha Pomona, and we'd we'd run Ontario Motor Speedway at Riverside Phoenix, and uh, they had a, had a race out there. And then I I did an enduro at Pomona. Um, it was the first time NASA came down to Southern California. They didn't have a region, and it was uh, Lee Mueller, his son John. And myself and I can't remember the other guy in the car I shared. It was a team, and it was actual actually the last race Lee did, you know, before he had passed, and that was probably ninety seven, ninety eight, somewhere around that time. And that was, uh, uh, you know, it's very grateful I get to spend new John since the six, or I mean, at least since the sixties. Wow, and, that's uh, cool. Got to spend time with him there, so that that was fun. That's awesome. You know, you know what's sort of interesting is that my dad built a car with Joe Huffaker, and it was a Devon body with a Chevrolet. That's the car he opened up. As I said, we were Northern California SCCA, and it um, it was at the very first Laguna Seca. McAfee's killed in '56, as we mentioned. In '57, the Army Corps of Engineers built Laguna. Right. And then all of a sudden, a guy named Joe Huffaker, and this is before the liquid suspension and Shell Quavali and all that. Uh, mm-hmm. um, so Dad, Dad and Joe were 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 very respect. They were fond of each other on and off the track. And then all of a sudden, Lee Mueller and his affiliation with Huffaker Engineering, and I end up being his teammate in the Dave Kent Creative Car Craft. Right. Factory GTUs. So I've known this is where Joe and I sort of we uh, we cross weave together because with uh, and I've known John since he was a, a younger guy as well. But Lee drove the number 92, the notchback, and I drove the fastback 
number 90, excuse me, I drove ni- 92, the, um, the fast pack, and number 98 was the notch pack. But if ever anyone could drive a sedan or like a B sedan type car or a B production or anything, uh, and even the Jaguar V12s, Lee Mueller was really something else. Lee Mother Mueller puts out yep. what used to be a little bit of, <laughs> and uh, he he could really, wow. really sling a car around. And I share Joe's enthusiasm about uh, Lee, Lee Mueller, and, and, yeah. and uh, wow. John is 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 well in the industry as well so we've all we have sort of right. a, a family tie with the with the Mueller's and Huffakers and mm-hmm. and uh, all that yeah, so that's awesome. yeah going going back to that time I remember meeting you out in the canyon at Busby's place and I think you had an older Volkswagen bug 60s yeah. Volkswagen blood, I believe. And we wrote we I rode with you up to Kent's when uh right. I think you guys were putting the Toyotas together and getting ready for Riverside. I think Riverside was the first race for you, right? That was the first race. You got a hell of a memory. That was nineteen eighty two. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. There you, there you go. Yep. Yeah, I just I, you know, remember riding up there. Oh, okay. And then uh, there wasn't as much rush hour traffic, but even if there was, you can see by this podcast, we got a lot of, <laughs> a lot of base rock or foundation together, which is, which, which is just, I mean, it, it's a real treasure. That's cool. I mean, right. that's the stray shot up the 405, right? Up from Newport beach to, uh, the San Fernando yeah. Valley where creative car craft yeah. was, right? Yeah, exactly. Wow. Actually up, uh, yep, right up at the, uh, oh, what do they call it? The Harbor Freeway and the 405. Yes. Close to that. Yes. Where uh, car crap was. That's yep. cool. Boy, there's cool. a lot of smart people in that neighborhood. There's Troutman and Barnes were in oh, boy. And then they had Traco Motors. They had Al Bartz. They had uh, sure. Otter up there. They had, you know, and yep. um, the Bashik Polak was in uh, Hermosa Beach and Manhattan Beach, both yep. the Port Keith, and the BMW. Yeah. Keith Black off the 605 there. There was, yeah. Yeah. Al yep. Bartz, Ed Pink. I mean, it was mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah, that is so cool. I love that stuff. The the history in Southern California was huge, especially, you know, especially back there in the the fifties, sixties, and and you know, like you're talking about in the eighties, seventies, it was uh, it was pretty cool. Well, it sounds like it sounds like you guys could do a, a symposium at the Peterson Museum with all the Southern California experience. That's awesome. Well, I'm certainly game. I'm honored to to know Joe in an open panel discussion. I don't think we bore anybody, but no, you know, not me, man. That's that's the the whole element of having our reunion and having it at a racetrack. I mean, hell, I I I drive out to Arizona to see see Joe and go to Denny's, but in order, to, hey, Noop, what are you doing? Let's go racing. I said, <laughs> sign me up. So it was that's good. cool. Yeah, that's fun cool. deal. I just yeah, yeah. I'm 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 grateful. I still get to do this and and get paid. I manage a race team here based in Arizona and nice. and uh, coordinate this stuff and and. Uh, I had Elliot Forge Robinson, brother Stewart, run with us at, at Thunder Hill, and I get you know the owner trusts me enough. I get to pick who drives with us, and unfortunately he couldn't make it to Sonoma, 
Pops. You didn't get a chance to meet him, but I'm sure you will. And uh, now it's, uh, you know, be 71 here in a couple months. <laughs> Very grateful I still get to do this. That's and, awesome. That's awesome. And, you know, and grow up in it. I, I started way young and uh, started go-karts in 59, at eight years old, and then, you know, went to cars in 66 and was teaching. I actually went to work for Bondurant and I think it was 70 at Ontario Motor Speedway. Oh, yeah. The Oval wasn't even completed then, and then out at Riverside Raceway. And then uh, I was chief instructor at a police school at Orange County Raceway, which is where Irvine is today. Okay. And, uh, tra- training cops and presidential chauffeurs. That was a blast. We had oh, fun. Oh, wow. <laughs> doing, doing commercials and, you know, yeah, it was it was fun times growing up and all that. That's so. awesome. Now, Rick, I, I was just thinking just now, did you say at one point that there was kind of a rivalry between North Northern California and Southern California? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Even even when my dad and I started driving Can-Am cars together in some of the vintage events, he'd just go, well, those pretty boys down <laughs> south. And, and I go, and dad was a real quiet guy. Oh, he wow. Just, he says, where are the guys that have got the topography? He says, they just haul ass in the desert down there. And I said, well, Dad, have you ever driven Willow Springs? He says, no, no, no. But Riverside is just stand on it and turn left and right. And I said, okay. <laughs> uh, and, I, and my dad was my hero, and he was my best friend and my dad. And I thought, if you put that into a blender, that's a pretty cool recipe to have. And he said, well, those dot, and I thought, oh my lord! And then I went to an SCCA dinner at, with Shel Quavali and Huffaker and wow. Chuck Howard and some of these guys that hauled butt up here, and I could just hear them. But uh, I was saying, Dad, wait a minute, is there a rivalry? He says, Are you kidding me? And I, you know, it's kind of like the Dodgers and the Giants. And all of a sudden, I end up being great <laughs> oh, friends with some of the lineup that that Joe just said, Scooter Patrick and I. You know, we're both pilots, and he had his aero commander, and he was driving with Bill Cargus and Ocean Motors and a, at the Monterey Historics, and I'm in a Can-Am car, and I thought, hey, Scooter, what do you think of all this? He says, yeah, it's still the same shit. He says, still the same shit. He says, he says there's still a rivalry, and I said, okay. So oh, anyway, man. but. And I ended yeah. up having a great relationship with Phil Remington and Gurney oh, and yes. all these guys. And I said, and I had to cool dad off occasionally because I'd started to go to the high banks of Daytona, Sebring, went back to Le Mans, and dad's going, ah, crap. He said, just show those son of a bitches you can drive. And I said, okay. <laughs> and, but he was such he was always an overdressed, humble guy, but it's the only time. And if, if Fred Noob said it, I thought, oh, my God, there is a rivalry. So, Joe, what do you think? <laughs> yes or no? Oh, sure. There was always <laughs> always a rivalry between North and South. You know, you guys would go up there. What's funny is, is, is that kind of continued. But, yeah, no, I remember, you know, back when my father's racing going up to Northern California, it seems like they'd make things a little little more difficult. They probably did in Southern California. You show up, they might tick your car a little harder. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my goodness. And and that, that rolled over to NASA. I did some NASA enduros up at, I did Sonoma and, and, uh, you know, up there and, uh, boy, you know, they, they made it a lot tougher on us in the Southern California boys did it was it was interesting how that kind of carried over but uh, oh my god interesting yeah. interesting wow 
Yeah. So, you know, we brought up, we were talking, uh, actually, I, I listened to one of your podcasts. It was really good. I think with Martin. Oh, yeah. Martin uh, Raffoff. Yeah. Here's a shout yeah, out to so, Martin Raffoff. Check it out, folks. <laughs> yeah, no, that was, yeah, really, really a cool one. Um, I have a story about the movie Le Mans. Oh, yes. That, that I'd love to share. So, so obviously, when the movie came out, a group of us from the the Porsche Club went to see it, and uh, you know, hands down to me, most people think it's a documentary, but the best racing, raw racing movie, you know, made. I mean, love Grand Prix, but but as far as just nothing but racing with very little foo foo, Le Mans is it. But uh, anyway, I was working for Bondurant Ontario Motor Speedway. And I get a call from a friend of mine that's in the movie business. I, I'm not sure what he did. I don't remember, recall. But uh, he says, hey, there's a there's a warehouse up here in North Hollywood full of all this racing gear. You know, you're interested in come seeing it. They want to sell this stuff off. So I said, sure. And uh, grabbed my father. And we drove up there. And open the place up and it's all the props, the driving suits, helmets, everything from the movie Le Mans. Oh my goodness gracious. And, and, and of course, you know, you're not even, not even thinking about the future, but I, I went in, I found uh matter of fact, the older guy that McQueen replaces Johan Ritter. Yes. His Ritter. driving, his, yeah, his driving suit fits me. Oh so my god! I got that driving suit. I got another Firestone driving suit from the the Ferrari team. Oh my gosh! Um, I grabbed the helmet that fit me. It was matter of fact the first Bell full face helmet I used up until that time. Everything was you know open face. Was the one that at the beginning of the movie when McQueen stops in his car and he starts. Uh, reminiscing about the year before yeah. and the, the Ferrari goes through the trees and catches on fire and they yeah. pan on a helmet sitting on the guardrail. Oh. That was the helmet, Bel Getty. It was oh red my with a gosh. white thing and it said Bel Getty. And what I did was I you know I took that helmet and painted my coat. Now this stuff was selling for ten, fifteen, twenty dollars. I mean oh. two two suits I got New Nomex underwear, new shoes, some gloves. I bought, I had two jackets that were Matra Elf team jackets. Oh, get out of um, here. Whoa. Yeah. So the the golf overalls that the crew wore for the Porsche team. Wow. I, matter of fact, I sold that. I don't know if you know Gary Emery. Uh, his son, Rod Emery, has uh, Emery Motorsports. Gary started all that. He had Porsche parts obsolete. He started back in, uh, oh, the 70s in Costa wow. Mesa. He'd work for Chick Iverson in the parts department. We go back to the mid-60s. But uh, I think I sold him that suit because I needed some money for $50. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. He wow. still has them today. He sent me some pictures of them because I was asking him. And uh you know, but that stuff I just took, you know, I took the patches off and used it. Wow. Know, I put my own, you know, painted the helmet my color. If we would have thought about, you know, um, what that, you know, the value of that and just hung on to it. And then what I did was when I was done, I, we called up Bob Bondurant yeah. said, hey, there's all this driving stuff up here if you're interested for the school, you know. Yeah. We went back and he went up and bought several suits and 
new shoes, underwear, and all that that stuff, and and offered it to students going through the school. But uh, yeah, that's my story of of uh, <laughs> running across all this, and and unfortunately not having the foresight just to buy it all up and hang on to it for the future. Oh my gosh! Wow. <laughs> you know, my thinking back then was, hey, you just you know, that's cool. That's stuff I'm buying for a lot less money to use. You know? Wow! Wow! That's yeah. an amazing story. Thank you so much for sharing that. Oh, because I'm yeah. a I'm a huge Lamar fan, and and Rick has been to Lamar, and and Rick, you know right. Chad McQueen too, right? Um, yeah, I think we both do. Sure, we see Chad often, and um, yep. yeah, I I was um, awfully honored to. What uh, Chad's last IMSA race is when he had sort of a, 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 a pretty challenging accident. They had to get him out of a nine eleven uh, through the roof. Oh and, my gosh. Uh, it was unfortunate because I was signed up to co-drive with Chad with um, some people from the Pacific Northwest. And I was um, in that race and I was coming out of the chicane. I went, Oh my gosh. And you just never know in racing. And it was a, uh, you know, the could have, should have, would have happens if you're in the restaurant business or you're a lawyer, but um, he's, he's, he's a guy that uh, we both, um, We'll stop and say hello to, and and that's another one of the Joe and and my little rolodex of friends that we've acquired then, and we still have today. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I, I met Chad McQueen once, and he was a really cool guy. So it was really good to meet him. Yeah, with Chad, it, he was pretty young when I saw him at back. Yeah. Oh, in '68, I had a, had an e-production speedster. In fact, the car was never a street car. Charlie Gates owned it originally, and uh, that um, race against my father was a 58 speedster. Then Denny Harrison had it. Charlie Gates ended up driving for Kastner in the Triumphs um, when they first came out with the GT6. And Denny Harrison had it, and he started driving a 912. Then I got the car. But anyway, I was driving for Worldwide Motors up in the San Fernando Valley on Ventura Boulevard. And two doors down was Malcolm Smith. Well, you know, Steve was heavily into uh, the motorcycle thing, McQueen, and he was uh, he was there almost daily. So we used to see him. But then also we were running up on Mulholland Drive. There was a movie made about it, stupid. I could only watch. I think it was called King of the Hill. I could only watch maybe ten minutes of it. And then uh, <laughs> a guy a guy wrote a book, which I'm in there. In a chapter, but McQueen would bring he had a Mini Cooper S and a '67 911 S, and he'd come up and run Mulholland. We'd run on weekend nights, Friday and Saturday nights up there. We had an area uh, between Coldwater and Laurel, an area we called the Pits, and uh, <laughs> it, it was pretty interesting. For the longest time, the police would leave us alone because they crashed trying to chase us, and then. Uh, wow. You know, the neighbors up there complained so much that they'd start, you know, really clamping down. And, uh, wow. and I think that started originally in the late 50s and we were in the later 60s and then there was a 70s group that did it. Oh, my gosh. And, uh, yeah, the, the book that was written is called The Mulholland Experience. And, and actually, the guy got a hold of me the night before it was supposed to go to print. And so he did a, a quick interview with me and. And I went to the book signing down there at Arrow Books in, in the San Fernando Valley. Oh, that's cool. 
and all that. Yeah, Arrow Auto Books, I think it's called. But yeah, so Steve back in those days would act, and he lived up off of Mulholland. He would, uh, you know, he'd come run up there with us on occasion. It was. Uh, oh my God. Well, we interviewed funny, Jeff. But, we interviewed Jeff Klein, and he actually, I think he lives down. I think it's probably off Mulholland Drive as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And there was, it was Bruce Campbell, who was the, the cow club chief instructor, um, Bob West, who had raced a McLaren and, and I think he had a Trans Am Mustang and, uh, Joel Lubin, his dad raced. I don't know if you remember Joe Lubin, Rick yeah. from back then, you know, when our fathers were racing, Joe Lubin had a mini Cooper S and lived off of Mullen and he ran with us quite a bit. There was, yeah, there was, there were several guys. There was a whole core of us that ran up there on Friday, Saturday night. So I started going up. What Go about, ahead. what about, um, Revent Lowe or Chris Cord or Charlie Cord? Were they, were they going up and down the hill or not? They, not that I know of, they could gotcha. have been, but you know, as far as when, when we were running, um, mm-hmm. they sure could have been a part of it, but I, you know, if they I were, I was, I wasn't I, aware. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautifully done. In those days. Yeah. Wow. That's, Fun that's times, amazing. Crazy times. Some, wow. Yeah, some, something you couldn't do today. You know, yeah. it, we, we were pretty nuts. We used to do the same thing in Orange County. I'd, I'd run up to Saddleback, you know, Saddleback Mountain and, in my race car and, and, you know, run around the roads and all that stuff. And, uh, back then you have to beat helicopters so much. It was this motor roller radio. So, uh, you know, we, uh, luckily, uh, never got caught, but it's, uh, something I look at back at today and go, that's just, that's just nuts. You know, you, you just, uh, no way, no way you could ever do that again and live through it. My goodness. Oh, I, my I, goodness. Yeah, they had to take me to Pikes Peak because I was going up and down Ortega Highway for Busby's shop. And <laughs> yeah. I know what you mean. They closed the door. So I said, Colorado Springs, here I come. So yeah. I ended up going yeah. up that place. And I lived through it four times. And I tried to go back this year, but the car owner didn't want to take the car. And I went, damn. So <laughs> I use a, a side note for Mulholland. As a matter of fact, uh, my mom had a 66 Cadillac sedan Deville, powder right. blue. Never forget. We used it to tow uh, Elliot Ford Robinson EFR to his very first race at Stardust Raceway in Las Vegas. He used my mom's Cadillac. He had a V-Production Cobra. That's before he started running the Porsches. And uh, uh, so we used my mom's Cadillac. But what I used to do is tow my speedster up from all home with my mom's Cadillac make a couple passes with a Porsche and run her Cadillac the rest of the night. <laughs> oh my God. Oh wow. <laughs> just, oh yeah. Just, just destroy it, you know, suspension wise and that. Man. Never heard it cosmetic. But yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful. Hey, you know, it just occurred to me because I'm old enough to remember this song. They used to have just uh, took my Cobra to the track hitched in the back of my Cadillac. Oh yeah, yeah. Exactly. There you go. Oh yeah. my God, that is. And now, what year Cadillac was that? A '66. Yeah, it was a '66 sedan. Deville. The, the history there was EFR. His brother Stuart, his sisters Nikki and Penny, Jerry Barker, who's Ed, Ed Barker. His dad raced. Jerry won several championships, national championships, SCCA later. Um, we all had grown up at the track since we were young and with our fathers racing. And then we, 
we started doing slaloms and it was sick sick it was southern california council of sports car clubs that's what six six in parking lots and that you know with cones and uh so we we were all doing that together and uh oh boy that goes back i guess since 66 you know somewhere around there and uh matter of fact i remember as i recall i know you know rick titus Yep. I should ask him, but I remember, I think it was at Orange County Fairgrounds at one of those slums. He ran a Subaru 360. I think maybe they gave him one before <laughs> when they when they first brought the, the Subarus over. As I recall, I could be off on the car. Oh, my gosh. I wow. I believe he did. We were all running those and then, you know, getting into racing from there. So we, we'd all grown up, you know, talk about the father-son thing, grew up at the track together. And uh, we just had a lot of fun, and still to this day, some of us, you know, stay fairly close. I I get to uh, uh, email every now now in the EFR, but, but we actually did a race together at, up in Utah at Miller Motorsports Ranch, where we both ended up on the podium together. So, oh, wow. you know, oh, that was fun. That's and cool. then have Stuart. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of cool to uh, you know to go back and uh, kind of. Uh, you know, have the history come back and, and where we, we end up doing stuff and, and having some fun together. I so. love all the history of this stuff. I mean, it's it's great. So, I mean, yeah, when I was a kid, we went to, like, I guess Solo One is called autocrossing, correct? Right. That's what they call Yeah, they've changed the name now. I don't know. Now they call it Time Attack or something. Oh, okay. Right? I, I can't keep up with that stuff. <laughs> yeah, my dad. My dad owned a. He owned a Porsche 911 SC. This from like 1979, and we went to a place in Sacramento called uh, Cal Expo. And in the wet on the west side of their property, they set up. It was this big parking lot. They used to have the California State Fair, and they still have the California State Fair there. But they had this uh, autocross set up, and they had what we called the back straight, or what I called the back straight. And it was a really cool event because it was, you know, I was like four years old and I was, I wasn't old enough to sort of get a ride or anything or fit, have my head fit in a helmet properly. But it was a really cool time. And, and, and yeah, that whole father son thing is just great. So yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, very cool. That's, yeah, that's, that's another thing, you know, it's like, um, getting to race at some of the tracks that my father raced at. And then, you know, like Willow Springs, my father had won at Willow Springs back when he raced and I'd won, won there several times. And then all around 2006, I believe I did an enduro in a nine eleven with my son and we won together. So there's three generations that won at the same track. That oh, that's a, cool. A very special. Probably one of my, my most special wins is, doing it with my son that's awesome now now he's 33 years old and has his own family and uh, oh good in fact i had him out they were coming through on their way to texas last weekend and uh so we came out to indy and i i put him in the uh, gti and in our 997 for, oh, nice. uh, during, you know for a day and then they continued on with their trip so he was he was in cancer remission just finished all that up and was oh, wow. doing a little trip before he went back to work, he's a yacht captain like I used to be. Okay. Like 100, wow. Hundred foot yacht fish and based in Newport Beach, so That's it was cool. great to uh, have him out at the track again. Awesome! Awesome. 
Good stuff. Yeah. Can I ask you about your dad uh, uh, driving with Volvo? Um, Was Volvo – I remember years ago there was this – I think it was like a Champion Spark Plug uh, series or something, and they had – what was I guess was a Volvo number seventy nine in the uh, in the in the event, and I don't know if Volvo sort of helped helped your dad at all with the Volvo stuff. Sure. So so here's what happened. My dad was racing the Porsche, and uh, there was a gentleman who owned the San Diego Chargers. Um, oh boy, Rudy Klein. Wow. Rudy Klein was the distributor or or importer or or whatever for the West coast for Volvo. And he came to my father, my father, this was in the fifties. And, uh, my father raced a Semka a few times for Semka LA Forge Robinson senior is driving. Oh yeah. What they do is they had a, a sedan race that ran with a ladies race back in the fifties. They used to run a separate ladies race. And then they got quite a few ladies. There was, you know, that's where Betty shoots, Ruth Levy. I mean, you know, and Porsche Spiders and I mean, running some big cars. I think Josie von Neumann, you know, and a Ferrari. But anyway, um, the Volvo deal was is Rudy Klein came to my dad and uh, oh, I can't remember the other name and and uh, asked if he would drive the Volvos. So it didn't interrupt my dad racing the Porsche, you know, in his class. And, uh, so that was basically the start of the first sedans. As I recall, I think those Volvos had a three on the tree, even, you know, I don't even think it was oh. a warship. I don't, I, you know, I don't remember that for sure, but it's kind of, kind of what's coming to my head, but, uh, wow. that's how they started the sedan thing. And then later on, I did that champion spark plug challenge against that, that Volvo you're talking about. Oh my gosh. Wow. You know, I, I was running a Mazda RX three. Wow. In, uh, a few races, but, uh, and the original RS series was, uh, oh, we were at mid Ohio in 72. And I was supposed to do that. I had Wilbur Shaw jr. As my co-driver in the nine eleven. our team car was, uh, Don Pike who raced Trans Am. Oh. Uh, and, and all that and bruce campbell and then uh i was to drive uh an opal 1900 in the rs race that on saturday was another six-hour race wow which, uh, anyway did you buy chance sorry go ahead sorry no go ahead no i said i ended up not driving it but that was you know my experience going going back and when imsa very first started that that whole thing i think it was maybe 71 you know when they started okay the cars they did formula cars before that but uh, anyway wow ahead, so did you um were you by chance involved with the champion park spark plug challenge in like 79 at sears point possibly because that was like the first race i ever went to so i did laguna in 79 yeah yeah i did laguna and uh had raced there before and luckily before they changed it I love the old circuit. I, as I know, Rick does too. Yeah. You know, the, it was hang on and pucker up, you know, it was, it was kind of like Riverside. They talk about Riverside, you know, you think back, well, it was kind of boring, but if you messed up and turned two at Riverside, you were messed up until you got through six. Oh basically. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know how that goes, Rick, yeah. right? <laughs> when, yeah. Or, or you take the dirt line, you know? <laughs> oh man. But, uh, but Laguna was, yeah, it, I, I still love Laguna. 
and I love Sears Point. I love all those. And I, I like to say I've never met a track I don't like. I don't care how rough it is or or a car to drive. I'm a, That's kind cool. of a whore when it comes that way. I love racing them all and love driving anywhere, anytime. And, uh, well, that's cool. You, know, you and Rick ro- both drove Mazdas. Yeah. Go ahead, Rick. Sorry. You know what I was just thinking of when, when Joe just pointed out turn two, hell yeah, that's a bad mistake at Riverside because you're rolling. And the exact same corner at Laguna Seca, you can get killed right. there real easy. Mm. And I've driven, oh, yeah. I've driven Can-Am, GTP. I mean, I'm not boasting, but I've driven some real fast cars and gone oh, fast yeah. at Laguna. And if you right. go off at two at Laguna or Riverside, you've really got a problem. And oh, this, yeah, you, you yeah. guys, the audience has got to remember that this is way before gravel exits and Laguna. Yeah. Uh, my fa- yeah, my father and I were talking about Laguna and how they sort of, the word comes to mind, they castrated a track that was <laughs> yeah. very situation. That situation awareness that you hear with, with guys land on aircraft carriers, that was the situation you had at, at Riverside International and Laguna Seca in turn two. Wow. If you were late there, if you're going fast enough that you can't really rotate it like you can a, sl- a slower car. So you, you, you have got a projection going, and if you got enough power behind your shoulders or in front of you, whether it's rear engine or mid-engine or front engine or, or mid-engine, you can really have a problem there. So oh, I must here. say this, and I want to plug this with our father's plug. God rest their soul, and also to, to, to just remind the audience, there was a time in life that those uh, the, both those tracks really share the pucker-up factor and also a thing called a stopwatch and who's going to qualify the car. And if you miss at turn two at Riverside or turn two at Laguna, the car isn't fixed. It's basically almost thrown away. Oh yeah, and uh, wow. you had some runoff at Riverside, but it sure messed you up for the rest of the S's. You, you couldn't yeah. get them right, wow. or or put you on the, you know, up the hill into the, into the wall at the, you know, the exit there, of two there. But, that's um, very true, Joe. And I've driven both places uh, numerous times, but once they start bouncing at at Riverside, I've seen them go over too. So, oh yeah, you know, oh sure, no, there's it's a lot it's more runoff. Yeah, it, right. but now too late at at Laguna Seca. There, it it used to be dubbed because of the sponsorship, the Castro Bridge, and I'd oh, see yeah. guys go into the banking there. I saw KK Rossberg go off at, oh, at two. Yeah. Uh, in one of the Budweiser Newman Freeman uh, spiders, yeah, I've, right. you know, and it's not I, I, I. Everyone has seen somebody have something happen. Oh, and yeah. The, in the 917 in the Can-Am race, I think that was 73, maybe. Yeah. To, matter of fact, they flew the car back to Germany and had it back at Riverside the next weekend. And I think Hurley, Hurley ended up driving the car from then on out. Oh, wow. That was the 917-10, right? Yes, that was 917-10. I believe it was 73. Might have been two. I remember, you know, being there and uh, 
Yeah, they they actually they flew it out of San Francisco over to Germany, repaired the car, and had it back at Riverside. Oh my god! You know, they used to go back to back weekends, pretty much. That's oh, I had no idea, and that was Hurley Haywood. Or- yeah, it was. I think Peter Grigg put it in, put it into the. There was an embankment at yeah. turn two at Laguna on the outside. And uh, which ran actually all the way around, right, Rick? Right. And uh, but uh, yeah, you went off there, and it it, it was huge. Holy you know, smokes! And, and, uh, and from then on, Hurley drove the car. Oh, okay, uh, okay. Goodness yeah, gracious! Watching that, and then yeah, but yeah, several uh, you know, several very good drivers off there, and then yeah, issues at Riverside, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, um, you know, the one thing I might point out if, if we're talking about the early 70s is many of these Can-Am cars were experiencing so much uh, blowovers is the term they oh, use sure. last car because, you know, it's the angle of attack or the rake of these cars and flat bottom like a cookie sheet inside your uh, kitchen oven, once, once they get... Uh, a little bit of the angle of attack and and they get some blue sky under the front of the car rarely did they stay on the racetrack they right. they they yeah. flew and um there was a one one meet at uh, road atlanta denny flew and i think charlie kemp flew denny right. was 20 2 they they did similar what joe just mentioned they flew the car back to trojan the manufacturing end of McLaren and re and retubbed it because the guys were getting so fast and arrow was so new. Uh, and, uh, you know, this is where our fathers kind of got out. And then a guy called Jim Hall and the rest is sort of history with Wayne and, and all the rest. Oh goodness. Yeah. yeah. There was very little arrow back in those days. And then, you know, mentioned Road Atlanta, obviously, before, you know, the old back street there, before they, you know, made that, made that change, made, made a chicane there, or whatever you want to call it. It was, that was oh, yeah. fun. That was, that was way fun. But yeah, you, you know, you pucker up going up that hill into the bridge. And <laughs> I remember oh. doing the Rabbit Bilstein Cup series, and, you know, you get, 40 50 rabbits you know all running on two or three wheels that was oh yeah that was that was a lot of fun Holy yeah, especially, especially there mossport you know all those places yeah unbelievable series that was a, 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 a that rabbit i didn't realize you had driven that but I, we used to sit there and watch those cars <laughs> and we go are you kidding me it looked like you could put a three bags of golf clubs underneath the inside rear wheel oh yeah oh wow um, also a little memory thing here i drove a the 962 at road atlanta and it was prior to the chicane joe was talking about yeah. and if you were to do that corner correctly underneath the bridge visually it would look like you're entering the pits because you oh, yeah. you needed everything about the pit entrance part to make yeah. that bottom turn and you wanted that bottom turn to look good it was reminiscent right. of Riverside because your crew chief, your engineers, your sponsors, <laughs> you could showcase how good or how brave you were through there. Right. And my yeah. Lord, when the tunnels started happening and whether you're on two th- or three wheels in a rabbit or a ground effects car, 
you gave it everything you had there because you were being hired to drive, number one. Number two, you had to put your best foot forward. And number three, your right foot had to be planted. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a, lot, a lot of accidents right there, too. A lot of either going bad. off or, or, or cars going pits and, you know, re, you know, but yeah, you use every inch. Matter of fact, they had those, they used to have those rumple strips between yep. the pit lane and the main road and you ran right over those, you know, you, that was all part of the deal on exiting that corner and, and uh, you have to cross back over them to, to continue on around the last turn there. That's well, exactly right, and and the rumble strips, they, I mean, the whole car gets upset, but that was just <laughs> part of the menu that you had to digest when you went yeah. to Road Atlanta. Exactly. Well, one one accident that comes to mind with me happened in the '90s, and it was like a prototype uh, yeah. uh, accident when there was a, I guess, Fabrizio Barbaza had a spin. And then he ended up facing the wrong direction, and I guess he was hit mm-hmm. head on by, I guess it was Jeremy Dale in an Oldsmobile, yep. possibly. Yep. And oh right. my God, that was so! Oh my goodness gracious! Yeah, and they well, both they both survived. Oh, I think it was uh, Brabham and the Nissan. Yes, the car went over right there, and yeah, several, several through the years, uh, you know, gone over. Well, oh, you know, that, turn one, oh. turn one at Riverside used to be kind of. Oh. Kind of uh, pretty crazy. Well, that too, was the Lynn St. James cars. accident, right? Yeah, right. Riverside. Oh, goodness. Right. Yeah. 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 You had that one. There was several. Yeah. Through the Ooh. years. And other tracks. Willow. Yeah. yeah. Willow Springs was, was still today one of my favorite. It's a very fast track. You know, they call it the fastest road in the rest. But before they changed the radius there for turn nine when it was. When it was a bit tighter, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, not not graded that great, <laughs> a lot of rocks. You went off on the exit at night, and uh, you just went forever. You know, you end up in Lancaster or something. Oh yeah, yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> the uh, you know what's interesting is that the turn one. We'll go back to Riverside for a moment, you guys. Uh, we, there was a bump there. You 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 get the car uh, and you find that long long turn called turn nine that big right hander. You'd lay mm-hmm. into the throttle, and I remember in the M20, the McLaren's last edition, going through there. There is a bump there, right right past the crow's nest where the where the flagger is at the start finish line, and you set yourself up and you got your foot in it. There is a bump there that's about the half the length of a basketball court. Mm-hmm. And that the car will take a squat depending upon how it is sprung. And uh, boy, when you mentioned that, Joe, I thought, holy crap, it's amazing yeah. the memories I'm getting with your descriptions. Yeah, no, that's a that, that's a spot there. You had to make sure you were straight. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Coming across, you know, uh, Obviously, you know, hitting your clipping point in the right place there, because yeah, it was, yep. Yeah, no, that was uh, especially before all the arrow. You know, it, mm. that helped a lot. But then again, you, you had, you know, just like Lynn St. James crash, where people a little, uh, you know, over observant, trying to yeah, get by right through there, and it's yeah the the corvette gtp and the yeah right jaguar i was just thinking of sorel vandemer right now i was just thinking of him 
Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, Rick, you yeah. said you said years ago that you observed uh, John Morton in a frisbee, and you swear to God that he kept his foot down on the floor before he got to turn six at Riverside. Oh yeah, <laughs> they they basically you know they 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 were developing the frisbee, and Trevor Harris was there, and Joey Cavallari, and uh, Morton, and Phil Conti, and they said, you know what? I think I think Morton's going to throw a hail mary pass at this, and I said, and you know I've co-driven with John in, in the U.S. and Europe and all over the place, and always know that he was very capable, almost the perfect size for a race car driver. You know, he's kind of about the, the size of a jockey, and we've had him on this podcast, and all of a sudden it, the, we were kind of talking. He said, "You think he can go flat from the start finish line to the entrance of five? And uh, or actually six, and I said, I don't know, <laughs> maybe. And uh, to to give you Trent a one hundred percent answer, I don't know, but I turned my head because there was a little bit of wind that you get at Riverside, so my ears wouldn't hear anything. But I, I wanted to make sure I could hear that 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 Ryan Falconer engine, and I couldn't hear a lift i went holy shit wow. <laughs> oh my gosh that's uh, amazing those single seat can amp cars was interesting i was lucky enough to drive in a couple of those races or lucky or but i started at the side-by-side can and the mclarens and then i got into <laughs> the wall of 332 slash 333s and it was a different ball game but uh, Joe knows, and I know, and Trent, you know, once you get into the cars like that, the um, traffic management and weight turbulence, and you, you think you have trouble on a lake in your in your boat, it's a whole different deal with a pack of those cars uh, behind, you know, in right. front or in the middle. That right. is so uh, cool. Very fun. I've, I've been lucky enough, even you know, an older age, to drive several vintage race cars the years and we still we have a stable of vintage race cars here in tucson um but uh exemsa and kelly challenge cars we we have a lola t163 expensive car here and then uh from 68 wow and uh you know i've been lucky enough to drive several cars of of other people through the years um mid 2000s i was doing quite a bit of that and then 911s and all that but love that stuff but you know takes me right back to, to you know to those old days and uh, just just you know these newer younger people don't don't get it you know <laughs> how you how you fought them and you know <laughs> having a shifter next to you that kind of stuff oh Real, that is really so true stuff that's so true yeah yeah really really fun stuff and uh, luckily with my son he he got to experience you know that kind of stuff too running some 911s with me and that kind of that kind of stuff. Oh, that's and, awesome. That's awesome. And an Audi. We, we ran an Audi TT and some, some endurance races too. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was going, going back a ways, but, uh, yeah. Fun stuff. Well, Joe, it is a complete and utter honor to have you on the show and it's great to talk to you about this stuff. And Rick, thank you again. Sure. Listen, I, hey, thank I, I you. Only enjoyed it. We got to get out, Trent, and visit Joe out in Arizona. 
Yeah, well, we'll have to do another endurance race, whether it's over, you know, we'll meet halfway. At, I'd love to talk to talk to Boston. There's one coming up in, uh, oh, coming up soon, actually, Willow Springs in a couple eight hours. But, uh, oh, wow. I think I can, uh, I think he's busy. So we're not going to make that, but we'll, we'll look at something else that's coming up. I know Chuck Walla is a little like September. Or, Oh, October good. or that kind of thing. So oh, that's there, cool. know, there's some stuff coming up and we're planning on going back east doing some more vintage stuff. Normally we'll, we'll take two cars, one for him to drive and one, one for me. We've got a 69 Boss 302 that actually ran Sebring twice oh, back then. Wow. Yeah, I think 70, 69, 70 or 77 one. And then it, it also ran Trans Am. We have that car. We have a Z28 Camaro. We have a 64 um, original fuel injection, uh, small block Corvette. We run at Monterey Historic. So, oh, cool. Yeah, we, we have, we have several vintage race cars we play with. So we're, we're hoping to this summer to, to get, you know, back probably Road America, Mid Ohio. That's usually back to back weekends, that kind of stuff. Oh, that's awesome. Well, good. Well, we'll all stay in touch, but thank you so much, you guys, for enlightening my Saturday and, uh, we will uh, see each other at the racetrack, or we'll see each other at Mulholland. I'll bring out a old Benny Cooper, <laughs> or maybe a Slam Buick Riviera. I don't know yet, but I still there you go. Well, you got to compete with a '66 Cadillac, so come on. Oh yeah, you, bring you, it, need, baby. You, need, you need an Oldsmobile '98 wagon or something. Oh, there you go. Uh, there you go. Oh God, you guys! I could do this all day, but I'm going to Trent. Thank you, buddy, yeah. for organizing this. You're oh, welcome. Always an honor, my friend. Yeah, thank you uh, for thank, having me. You're yes. welcome, Joe. It's great to meet you at the race and at the Lucky Dog Eight Hour uh, back in February. It was a great event. And by the way, we didn't mention the fact that you guys finished what place at the end of Saturday? What what place was that? Oh, I, I think we ended up eighth overall. Eighth overall so out of how many cars? How many cars they, was in that? They started uh, seventy five or eighty cars. And we 75 uh, yeah we had two penalties and the first stint got dinged for sound that cost us probably eight eight ten minutes and then uh another time for uh, i think Lenny passed under the yellow so we had a good comeback i think we we're probably down probably around 30th or something and spent the rest of the day coming back so you know it was a good good effort well that well, was a good. it was a great one it was a great way great day yeah it was I, I observed uh, Rick overtake a purple BMW and I sort of made a little video about it on my YouTube channel. And, uh, I did a bit of, I did a race, I did a bit of racing, uh, commentary with, uh, with Rick overtaking a BMW and it was, it was great. So it was cool. Oh, nice. If you like, if you send me your email or whatever, I can send you old eight millimeter footage I have on video from the fifties of, you know, Pomona, San Luis Obispo, Santa Barbara. Oh my gosh. My father had. And then I've got a lot of pictures on my iPad from, yes, from back in those days and stuff from me, you know, Beautiful. I wish there was more, but, uh, anyway, but yeah, if you're welcome to, uh, to share that if you like. Thank you very much. Well, it's just homemade stuff, you know, obviously just stuff, you know, nothing professional, but, uh, fortunately we lost a lot of it that just went bad. Oh, great, but, uh, it should be but, fine. I love, I love all this historical stuff. Yeah. I love it. 
Yeah, there's still some good stuff on there. Yeah. Well, you, thank you. you. Thank you so much, Rick Noop and Joe Controne. You're our special guest today. Thank you all for listening to the Racing Your Podcast. I'm your host, Trent Barr. For Joe Controne and Rick Noop, God bless America. Good night, everybody. Now at the starting line, it's the Racing Year Podcast. looks at Hallsmer, he looks at me, and we're in his GMC motorhome. Gentlemen, you guys can do it. Every lap has to be a qualifier. Hello, I'm Paul Page, and you're listening to the Racing Year Podcast. It's dry here. I don't need wet tires. I need dry tires. And Ace goes, come, box right now. <laughs>